Turn in our Bibles to Psalm 34. Uh, Psalm 34, we've taken this uh, deep dive into the, the fear of the Lord, and, and we did so because we're looking at being delivered from evil, which then led us down the uh, a path to the question of spiritual warfare, which then led us down the path to being a good a good soldier. And we saw that a, a good soldier in a fight fights to please the one who has enlisted them. And then we started looking at well, what pleases the Lord. And then in looking at what pleases the Lord, we saw that the fear of the Lord is pleasing to the Lord. And so if we want to fight well in our spiritual warfare, our spiritual battles, then we need to fight in a way that pleases our God. And what pleases him is when we fear him. And the problem we ran into when we saw that one, that the fear of the Lord is all over the place in the Bible, but no one knew how to define it. It's typical for us. If we, if we ask, you know, what is the fear of the Lord? Typically what you'll hear is the definition of what it's not. Again, remember people will say, what is the fear of the Lord? Well, it's not really fear. It's what we talked about. Uh, and then, so then we let the Bible sort of define what is the fear of the Lord. We started walking through what scripture ties to the fear of the Lord so we might understand it. Uh, we came to understand that fear of the Lord is to have faith in God because you're amazed by his glory and his holiness. That is to fear the Lord, uh, a faith that is driven by that uh, amazement at God and his glory, his holiness. Then we started looking at the fruit of the fear of the Lord. So you say you fear the Lord, but just as uh, someone can say they are a believer, which again, fearing the Lord is tied to, to faith. It's say, say you're a believer, say there, there's expected to be fruit. Same thing we saw uh, throughout the Bible, that there's expected fruit with the fear of the Lord. That if, if you fear the Lord, if you truly fear the Lord, the Lord says these things will be in your life. And if you see these things in your life, it's a sign that you don't fear the Lord. Or if you don't see these things in your life, it's a sign you don't uh, fear the Lord. So we start looking at what can you expect to see in our lives if we fear the Lord. And we looked at the fruit of the typical fruit of depart from evil and do good sort of that base fruit. And then out of that, we saw those who fear the Lord, they praise the Lord. They serve the Lord. They obey the Lord. Uh, last week, we saw those who fear the Lord, love their neighbor and you know, they pursue peace. They see others as, as, as precious. Uh, they don't wrong. They don't take advantage uh, of their neighbor, especially a brother and sister in Christ. All these things are things that the Bible says, these are the fruits of, of, of someone who fears me, someone who fears the Lord. This is what you'll see in their life. And, and so as we've walked through all that, when we, when we looked at what the fear of the Lord is and we saw its fruits, um, we, we asked the question, well, what do we do if your fruit isn't where it should be? Right? If the Lord's describing all of these fruits, right? you, you serve him, you praise him, you obey him. And we, 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 that's what we went into. It's complete, it's perfect obedience. It is straight upright obedience, not to the right or to the left. And, and maybe loving your neighbor. And we walked through all of that. When you saw, you said, well, I've got some fruit that isn't where it needs to be. How do I then grow my fear of the Lord? It's just one of those things that you go, oh, well, I just don't, I don't have that fruit enough. So, so that's just kind of where my fear of the Lord is. How do we grow? our fear of the Lord. If you're looking at the fruit, you see the fruit, but you go, I want that fruit to be riper, right? I want that fruit to be larger. I want it to be, I want it to be more perfect, more mature in my life. What do you do? What do we do if we've been walking through these texts and you've seen things and you go, I don't have that. How do we grow our fear of the Lord? So as with, as with any fruit, be it the fruit of the spirit uh, or the fruit of the fear of the Lord, we do not expect right off the bat to have fully perfect, matured fruit in every area of our life. In order for us to say, oh, I fear the Lord. I fear the Lord because I've got every fruit perfectly in my life. There's an expectation that some of this fruit will grow. Fruit, just like with a believer, fruit 
grows uh, and the believer, just like any branch, must take times where they, where they prune uh, the branch, where they prune the fruit to have it grow more healthy. So what do we do with the fear of the Lord? How do we cultivate the fear of the Lord? That's what we're going to look at. That's what we're going to look at. How do we grow the fear of the Lord? Because the Bible's going to tell us how to grow the fear of the Lord. I'm not just going to say, how do we grow the fear of the Lord? And we just say, like, here's some ideas I've got. The Bible actually tells us, hey, these are the things that grow your fear of me. Fear of the Lord's good. All these things, the fruit of it. Uh, and he's going to say, now this is how you grow it. So how can you and I grow the fear of the Lord? If you've been listening again, if you've heard the definition of the fear of the Lord, if you've heard about, you know, having faith because you're faith because you're amazed by God's glory and his holiness. And you thought, I don't have that. I'm not as amazed by God as I should be. I don't have as much faith as I should have. If God's really that amazing, I should have so much faith and I don't. Well, how do I get more fear so I'll have that more faith? How do I, how do I get more amazed by his glory? How do I see his holiness as something that truly amazes me? Maybe I understand those things and I say God is glorious. Maybe even I'll say it in Latin, uh, whatever it is. Like I'll, I'll say these things, but, but how, do I, how do I grow that that faith, that knowledge of God, so that I can say I'm truly amazed by him. I am in awe of him. I am in fear of the Lord God. How do we grow that? Or, or maybe, again, you were looking at the fruit and meditating on the fruit and analyzing them in your life. And maybe there's some fruit. You got some of those fruits. Maybe it's the service. Maybe it's obedience, whatever it is. Maybe it's praise. You go, that fruit is really ripe. That's a good fruit. So when we're going through that in your life, you were looking at that and saying, I see that fruit. I see the Lord's work in my life. I see that I must truly fear the Lord because that fear has grown this fruit. I didn't grow that fruit, but the fear of the Lord in me has grown this fruit. I truly do fear him because I see that fruit. So maybe you've got a fruit that's really ripe, but you've got other fruits uh, on the vine that not are as ripe as they should be. Maybe your service to the Lord is like one big, fat, red strawberry. And you're like, man, I really love to serve it. Like, I, like I'm, well, I'm loving serving the Lord. Uh, but maybe your praise of the Lord, you go and you look, and it's like that strawberry that's like, like pale white or green, and you're like, don't eat that. Uh, that's not ready yet. Maybe that's what you looked at your praise. You, go, you know, I don't praise God as much as I should. If God's really that amazing, I should be praising him all day long. I, should, I shouldn't have to have praise pulled from my lips. I shouldn't be able to hear other people singing his praises. And I just sit there with my arms crossed and sort of nod my head to it maybe. I mean, I should be, I should be shouting his praises to the nations. And I'm not. How do, I, how do I grow that praise? Whatever the fruit is. It might, you might be like, praise is my ripe fruit. Great. But what do we do if there's fruit that's not as ripe? How do we grow it? How do we get that fear of the Lord to be where it needs to be so that fruit will, will grow, will mature, will become perfect? The Bible's actually going to give us some passages uh, that will help uh, sort of work like fertilizer for our fear of the Lord. Things that will grow our fear of the Lord. As it grows our fear of the Lord, it will grow the fruits of the fear of the Lord. So let's see uh, what the Bible says grows our fear of him. Let's say in the honor of reading God's word, we'll read Psalm 34 because it's going to be one of the passages we look at in just a second. Uh, but we've seen here the, the basic call for the fruits. I think that most basic fruit here that we see uh, in the start of verse 14, turn away from evil, depart from evil and do good. Uh, but let's read Psalm 34 and then we'll look at how to grow these fruits that, that we're supposed to have seen. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? 
Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Uh, And all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. All right, you may be seated. So how do we grow the fear of the Lord? How do we learn it? As as he just said, I will teach you to fear the Lord. What are some things that the Bible says, these are things that grow your fear of the Lord. These are things that will make you be more amazed by him. These are things that will give you greater faith in a God that is that amazing. Uh, The first thing we're going to see is that the fear of the Lord is grown through hearing the word. Okay, the fear of the Lord is grown through hearing the word. And notice, I'm not talking about reading the word. I'm not talking about the, I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the effectiveness of, of hearing the word of God read to you, just hearing it. Now, this is a, this is a skill and a muscle ill used today for many Christians. We do not normally spend time hearing the word, except maybe in portions on Sundays or in in Bible studies uh, throughout the week when someone is maybe teaching us the word. But we're not hearing the Bible is not something we normally think of as a great asset to have. If you remember, last year was the first year I ever listened to the whole Bible. In my reading through the Bible, I didn't, I didn't read a drop of it as I was doing my daily Bible readings. I didn't read them. I listened. And let me tell you, that was a challenge because my ears had atrophied in a way. Uh, I was not used to listening to the Word, and so I really had to focus at first, to pay attention and to, to hear the things. There'd be times that when I first started that there'd be passages read and my mind would wander or whatever. And I'd go back and like, oh, where are we? What chapter are we in? What's going on? Uh, and I'd have to do the rewind uh, thing. Uh, but because we don't normally use our ears in listening, it, it was hard. I had to sort of relearn, uh, relearn to, to hear the word of God. But in the end, it was so, it was so worth it. And, and, and I, the reason I did that, the reason I challenged myself to do that is because, well, one, that's how most Christians learn the Bible for most of human history, right? Most Christians for most of human history, uh, they didn't have their own Bibles. Uh, and like Zachary pointed out in a Reformation class, even if they did, they couldn't have read them because uh, they were illiterate. Uh, so most people in human history, most Christians, most of the children of the Lord have learned to fear the Lord solely through hearing the word. We are an anomaly in that sense so far. Now, I believe that anomaly will eventually change. uh, But also, so I did it for that reason, uh, so I could see what it would have been like to have to just hear, not to have it in front of me and to get to go back and underline and circle and draw arrows and and do whatever, but just to hear and have to really pay attention because if I can't write it down, I'm actually going to have to remember You know, unlike now where I can write down the note and go, I don't have to remember. I wrote it down. Uh, I'll get to it next week. Instead of being like, you better hold on to that thought uh, because you don't you don't have anywhere to write it down and you don't even know how to write anyway. Uh, So so to do that, I wanted to I wanted to to see what that would be like. But also because of what we're going to look at, which is the Bible talks a lot uh, about the power, not of reading the word, but of hearing it. There's power in just hearing the word of God. And and here we see that hearing the word of God grows our fear of the Lord. 
But if you want your fear of the Lord to grow, hear the word of God. Turn to Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31. Uh, Deuteronomy 31, Moses has, has just uh, written the law and, and he gave it to the, and this is, if you remember back from our Exodus studies, he wrote the law and he gave it to the priests, uh, the priests who keep the ark. Uh, and he tells them, uh, so every seven years, every seven years at the Feast of Booths, uh, the, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Little, little Taverns, uh, at the Feast of Small Tents, uh, they, they get together uh, and he says, every seven years, I want you to read this whole thing to the people. You get everybody together and not every Feast of Booths, but every seven, I want you to read this whole thing to the people, which I think that'd be a cool tradition to start, by the way. I think that'd be really cool if you, every seven years, you just had a time where you just read straight through the word of God in like a sitting or maybe even a standing. We'll do a sitting because uh, we don't people, you know, passing out because they lock their knees but before we're even through Leviticus. Uh, but, but every seven years, and, and here's his instructions. Go down to verses 12 and 13. Here's, here's the instructions. Assemble the people, men, women, and little ones, and the sojourner within your towns that they may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God. And be careful to do all the words of this law and that their children who have not known it may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land that you're going over the Jordan to possess. So he says, get, get all the people together, men, women, little ones. So now, now notice again, the little ones are assembled with the adults and, and not, not just for looks. It's assumed that they too can hear and learn. He's got to actually make a, a point of that. Now, of course, we now know better than, than Moses. We know that Aaron should have stopped him and said, hey, how about we have a special smaller reading for the little ones uh, and maybe have a special little ones minister, maybe Miriam to take care of that. Uh, anyway, that's a joke. Uh, Moses says, what? Get everyone, get everyone, and I mean everyone together, men, women, yes, even the little ones and even the sojourner, so they can hear this law and learn to fear the Lord. And then you see what? You see, the, the hearing of the word is going to result in them what? Bearing those fruits of the fear of the Lord that we talked about. So they can hear and learn to fear and be careful to do. So they can hear and learn to fear and then be careful to do. So there's the fruit. If they hear and they learn to fear, then they're going to get that fruit that we saw of the fear of the Lord, that fruit of obedience. And so this hearing of the word of God is so powerful that just by hearing, they will, they will, that will teach them to fear the Lord. They will learn to fear the Lord through that hearing and then they'll do. And, and the, the impact is actually more than just that. It's so powerful. It actually affects generations. Because what does he say? What does it say in verse 13? Do this so they will learn to fear and that their children may hear and learn to fear. So here he says, look, you, you come, you get together, it's in, let them hear so that they might fear. The hearing is going to grow the fearing. We actually saw, see the same thing in Deuteronomy 4. Deuteronomy 4, uh, go down to verse 9. 
Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children how on the day that you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, the Lord said to me, gather the people to me that I may let them hear my words. So this is a pre, this is the Lord documenting a previous time. This isn't the Lord in Deuteronomy 4 talking about what he's going to say in Deuteronomy 31. He says, remember when I told you to gather the people that they may hear my words so that they may learn to fear me all the days that they live on the earth and that they may teach their children so. So although we should long to nurture a, a, a new fear of the Lord, there, there is a danger as well, uh, not just in a lack of progression of our fear of the Lord, but there's a danger in a regression of the fear of the Lord. And that's what, that's what, Moses, that's what the Lord's warning, Lord, warning about here. That you and I might start to eventually fear the Lord less. That the fruits on the vine, that, that right now you're looking at that fruit is ripe. That if you're not careful, that fruit that appears ripe now and, and, and rich now and mature now might actually begin to wither. So he tells him, how do you protect against forgetting? Because that's what he says. There's going to come a time when you're going to forget these things, when you're going to forget to fear me. So how do we make sure that you who are fearing the Lord now, how do we make sure you don't forget and that your fruit doesn't, doesn't dwindle, doesn't wither? Again, maybe you've got some fruits that you think are really great. Maybe you're holding on to those fruits and going, I think I'm fine. I've got these great fruits. That's good. You should. The Lord points out fruits so that we might take confidence in the Lord's work in us. We shouldn't see the fruits of the Lord and go, that's probably not even real fruit. No, you should see the fruit of the Lord and say, praise the Lord for that fruit. For my assurance, it comes to the work of the Spirit in me to do this, to produce this. There's no way I could produce it on my own. But there's a danger in our fear of the Lord dwindling, that there might be a time, you might be like, hey man, in college, my fear of the Lord was like this. And now my fear of the Lord's kind of down here. Well, how do you keep from going, hey, over here, my fear of the Lord was great. And now it's dwindled. How do I, how do I keep from my fear of the Lord dwindling? How do you keep from forgetting? What does he say? The hearing of the word. Because again, we have Moses here warning, make sure you do not forget. And, and how does he tell them to pr- protect against that forgetfulness? Make sure you don't forget. So what do you do? He says, gather the people and let them hear my words. I don't want the people to forget. So what should you do? Gather the people and let them hear. Let them hear my words. It's the hearing of the word that not only grows the fear of the Lord, it protects it. So so hearing is both a fertilizer and a preservative. The hearing of the Lord is both going to fertilize the fruit in your life. It's going to make it bigger. You want to serve more. You want to obey more. You want to praise him more. You want to love your neighbor more. You want those fruits to be big because you want your fear of the Lord to be big. What do you do? You hear the word. The hearing of the word is going to grow that fruit in you. It's going to fertilize that fruit. And if you have fruit that is already rich and ripe and perfect, that mature, then then it it is the hearing of the word that's going to keep it that way that's going to keep what's ripe today and great today, going to keep it from withering, it is the hearing uh, of the word. And so that allows us to to teach that fear of the Lord to our children so that they might fear him again. He says, 
So protection in us then becomes progress in the next generation. I want you to not forget. I want you to not forget. So hear the word. And when you hear the word and it protects that fruit, then you're able to teach the next generation. And what was protection you keeping that fruit becomes progress in them. And it all comes through hearing the word. All comes through hearing the word. Hear the word. Hearing the word of the Lord will increase your fear of the Lord. But that's not the only way we grow our fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord also comes through the, this one's not going to be shocking, reading of the Word. The fear of the Lord comes through the reading of the Word. Again, this is probably the one most expected for us. We know the value of reading God's Word. And reading the Word of God can be a means that God does use to grow His fear in you. Turn to Deuteronomy 17. Deuteronomy 17. So if you remember Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 16 and 17 uh, are about rules for the leaders of the people. So 16, 17, he's laying out, he's laying out these rules. He's got a section on judges and, and getting justice and then uh, on, you know, involving, when to involve the Levitical priests in the process. And, and, and that's got one of my favorite verses that I use in, in, in counseling. But, but in those rules for, for leaders of the people, for establishing justice in the land, who's going to be judges over the people, all this. There's a, there's a section in there on rules for their kings. And, and, and this, is all, this is always surprising to people because, again, we've grown up maybe with a, with a Sunday school understanding that, that, you know, God never intended for there to be a king in Israel and then the Israelites messed up because they wanted a king and so they ended up getting Saul. Well, we've got God giving them rules for a king 400 years before Saul was ever born. He's like, this is what your kings are going to be like. This is what you're going to do. And in those rules for the king, we, we get what he must not do, right? These are the, it's those three classic rules that kings, you know, don't get a lot of horses, a lot of women, or a lot of money, right? Those are the three that kings should not pursue, a lot of those things. Not a lot of horses, not a lot of women, not a lot of money. But there is one rule found in verses 18 through 20. So there's three rules that they must have. Not a lot of horses, not a lot of women, not a lot of money. But there's one rule about what they must do. One thing that the king must do. Is tell them, don't do these things, but do this. The king that I choose for you, don't do these things, do this. Look at verses 18 through 20. And when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself in a book a copy of this law approved by the Levitical priests and it shall be with him, and he shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, by keeping all the words of this law and the statutes and doing them. So the king, the king must write for himself a copy of this law. Now, this law, I mean, that could, that could refer to the, the law that he's just mentioned, the, the laws about what a king can't do. Uh, it, maybe it's uh, all the rules of justice that started in chapter 16, uh, or it could be the book of Deuteronomy. It could be the, the law as a whole from Genesis to Deuteronomy. But none of that really matters what, how much of the law he's talking about this guy has to copy and read. What matters is, is what comes next. He'll write it. And it'll be with him. But why? Why does he write it and have it with him? Is it because, you know, having the the Bible in his pocket is going to serve like 
some magical token or, or totem to ward away evil for the king. And maybe he's going to get in a sword battle and the, the word's going to be there. It's going to hit the, the word and, you know, it's going to, he'll survive in some magical way like what happened in, in some action movie. Sort of like a, like a pocket version of having the Ark of the Covenant with him. I've got it. I've got it with me at all times. It shall be with him. What does it say? It shall be with him, but for what purpose? It shall be with him, and he shall, this is verse 19, and he shall read in it all the days of his life. So the king sits down, and he copies the law. He keeps the law with him. And it's with him because what is he supposed to do with it? He's supposed to read it. He's supposed to read it all the days of his life, all the days of his reign. But again, why does he do that? What, why does God want the king to copy the law and read it? What is the purpose of it? What does it say? That he may learn to fear the Lord his God. The kings read the word of the Lord and that reading is essential for their fear of the Lord and for the progression of that fear. They don't just, they don't just read the word of God until they fear him. Okay, that's the standard. Okay, I fear him. I'm good now. I don't have to read anymore. Again, we're going to see the, the, the word of the Lord and the reading of the word of the Lord working as both fertilizer and preservative. They read the word of the Lord so that they fear him, but they read it all of their days, implying that they read it so they can fear him. There's the fertilizer. It's going to grow their fear. But then they keep reading it all of their days so it preserves the fear that has grown from the reading it the first few times. They don't just read it and go, okay, I've got the fear, I'm done, I don't need this anymore. They read it all of their days because the reading of the word of God is both going to progress and protect their fear of the Lord. The kings read and they read what they've read before so they don't regress, they don't forget they also read so that they might progress, that they might grow new fear. So the kings were to fear the Lord and to, to grow that fear, they read the word of God. Why? Because the reading of God's word grows our fear of the Lord. We can talk about all the benefits of the reading of God's word. We can talk about all the things. I mean, there's tons of verses. We could look at how the reading of God's word and the hearing of God's word does all these great things. But these are passages that specifically say, hearing God's word will grow your fear of him. Reading God's word will grow your fear of him. Now we're going to look at two more fruits next week or two more activities next week that will grow the fruit of your fear and will grow your fear of the Lord. But this week, let's stop right there. Let's talk about these two things and how we can take these two truths. And it might seem simple. We might be like, okay, yeah, obviously I know what to do. I need to hear it and read it more. And that's true. That's true. But let's look at what we can do. We said that all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Well, the Lord has spoken and told us that if you want your fear of the Lord to grow, you need to hear the word more. And the Lord has told us if you want your fear of the Lord to grow, you need to read the word more. So what are some uses from the, the text that we've read? What are some of the things that we can take away and go, okay, this is what I need to do uh, in my life. Some of you, as we've gone through the fear of the Lord, some of you have looked at your life and you've recognized 
that you need your fear of the Lord to grow. You need your fear of the Lord to progress. You're looking at it and it's not as big as it needs to be. Maybe you were lacking on a fruit or many fruits and you're like, I, I don't have that fruit. or That fruit is really small. I want that fruit to, to, to get bigger. Maybe again, some of the fruits are rich and ripe and some are not. Some are small or, or some seem to be absent. You must do these things to grow your fear of the Lord. Don't sit at home and wonder and wait and question. Say, God, what must I do? God, I I really want to fear you. God, I really hate that I don't have those fruits. Here the Lord has shown you. You want your fear of the Lord to grow? You want to be amazed by God? You want to see and recognize His glory, His holiness, and have faith in a God who is amazing like that? These are the things you need to grow. You want your fear of the Lord to grow? These are what you need to do. You need to hear the word of God. You need to read it. And if you're not doing those things, it must mean that you do not want the fear of the Lord to grow in your life. Because the Lord has told you, these are the things that grow your fear of him. If now you leave and you do not try to increase the amount of the word of God that you hear, and you do not try to increase the amount of the word of the Lord that you are reading, then do not be shocked when your fear of the Lord does not grow. You want the fear of the Lord to grow in you? You've seen some fruit that's lacking in your life. You want that fruit to grow? Hear the word of the Lord. Read the word of the Lord. It's simple. It's simple. And some of you, some of you have got really good fruits. You're good, mature Christians. You'd be right up there. You know, if you were alive with Job, there'd be like two people, Job and you, uh, would be the ones. And you'd be like, well, Job got the bad draw. Where did Job get the good one, right? Then that leaves a whole question about the book of Job. Uh, He ends up, yeah, anyway. Anyway. so, so you, you too, uh, you look at your life, you go, hey, blameless and upright, just like Job uh, in my generation. Great, the Lord has grown these things in me. He's been so good. His power is real in my life. Uh, Job's not a fairy tale. He's a real person. I'm a real person. Uh, the, the real fruit grown from the fear of the Lord that the Lord has grown in me. And you're looking at that fruit and you're really, really happy at that fruit. And you're going, man, God has done some really amazing. I can't believe that when you're laying out these things, you're talking about serving the Lord. We're going, yes, I want to serve him. You're talking about obedience. You're going, yes, I want to obey him. And, I, and there's not anything that he's told me to do that I'm just going, no, I will not do that. Or, or And loving my neighbor, I love my neighbor so much. Uh, and I'm sharing the gospel with them and I'm talking to them and, and, and I'm treating them as precious image bearers of the Lord. And I know that all comes from God. God, you are so amazing. This is making me even be more amazing by you which is growing my fruit even more like everything's really great right now well let me tell you these passages warn us as well that some of you you don't need the the your fear of the lord to grow your danger is that the fear of the lord might wither that a fruit that is really ripe right now don't assume that that fruit you can just pluck and, and store like uh you know some sort of special preservative rose or something that's going to be there forever you can't take that, that fruit and stick it in formaldehyde and go, look how great that fruit is. There's a danger in a ripe fruit today withering. There's a danger in your fear of the Lord regressing. You need not a fertilizer. What you need is a preservative. These things that we've seen, they don't just give and grow new fruit. We saw in both of these instances, that they keep the existing fruit from withering on the vine. 
So if you've been going through this and you're looking and going, man, these things are greater. I, I really hope the Lord uses to grow fruit and, and you know, uh, in other people's lives. And, and, and man, he's used it to grow fruit in my life. Recognize you also need these things to keep the fruit that you've got from withering. You cannot be like a king who reads the word and says, okay, I fear the Lord, so I don't need to read it anymore. I don't need to read it all of my reign. I've got it. I've got it down. I understand the Lord. I understand the Lord. I understand his sovereignty and salvation. I've got doctrine down. I've got all, oh man, I am, mm, me and the Lord like this. That might be true. It might be true that you are a Job or a Noah or whomever. I tell you this, if you are not doing these things, if you are not hearing the word and reading the word, then there is a danger that those fruits will wither in your life. If you're loving the fruit that the Lord has grown in your life and you want to see that fruit stay ripe, what you need to do is continue. And I say continue because those fruits had, wouldn't have grown if you hadn't done it. You need to continue to be hearing the word of God and reading the word of God. Because those are the things that not only will grow your fruit, they'll also uh, protect it. Uh, so what can we do? One, fill your ears with the word of God. Let me encourage you, Christians. Fill your ears with the Word of God. And I point that out because we live in an age post-Reformation that talks about filling your eyes. And we don't talk a lot about filling your ears. But the Bible talks a lot about filling your ears. And, the God, and God gave us our ears. It seems like a silly thing to not use them uh, if the Lord gave them to us. Fill your... Take advantage of ears. And I say that because ears are great tools. I learned this. Ears are great because you can do things with your ears that you can't do with your eyes. You can't drive and read the Bible. I've tried it. It's not good. Uh, you can't drive and use your eyes doing something else, but you can drive and use your ears. You can say, oh, I'm, my life is so busy. I've got a, I would read my Bible more, but I got this long, look, you got a long commute, great. I, there are times that I want people to have, you know, marital issues in North Tulsa or something. So I just get a good long commute so I can really sink into a podcast uh, or something. I, I mean, I would love, love that time to just use, use my ears because ears are such a benefit. Take advantage of your ears, but take advantage of filling them with the word of God. Your ears are such a tool. And again, a tool that you can use while doing other things. It is a tool that you can use even while using other tools. You can listen and work. I mean, you, I mean, one of the great things is you can double your output for the day by taking in while you're putting out. That you're taking input while doing output. Again, so many people will say, well, I don't have time for a quiet time. Well, who said anything about things needing to be quiet? Just turn on, just turn on, turn up the volume. Get God, like you don't have time to sit down and get things quiet. You don't need, that's why God gave you ears. You've got ears. You can take in the word of God. Just like, you know, uh, 5,000 years of Christian history have done. Or 6,000 years of Christian history. Like just take those things in. We, we live in such a blessed age to do this. Filling your ears is not going to be a problem. You don't have to go anywhere. The, the Lord has given you tools. You can fill your ears right where you are 
with things right now. It's not like, fill your ears. Well, golly, church service isn't until Thursday, the next Thursday. You know, it's not like we got itinerant ministers that are traveling through once every three months. And yeah, go over there to hear because you can't read anyway. You don't have a Bible. So, I mean, we, we are such a blessed age. I mean, people from the past looking at us now who would say, you have a thing in your pocket that will read the Bible to you all day long. And you can tell it to stop and go and to go talk faster or slower. They would be amazed, right? They would, they would be shocked. And you'd be like, yeah, I really just use it to, you know, play country music, you know, or, or I, I really use it to be like, you know, try that in, in this small town or whatever. Uh, so, you know, that's not, that's not what the, we should use our stuff for. I mean, not that we can't use it that way, but not to take advantage of the hearing of God's word. We live in such a blessed time. Take advantage of using your ears to take in the things of God from simply having the Bible read to you uh, to good to good sermons. And note, I said good sermons, right? You don't want to you don't want to take in trash. You take in trash, you're gonna get trash out. Don't just be like, don't just Google and be like sermons. Uh, listen, uh, you know you're gonna you're gonna you're not gonna get good things. You're gonna get you know, uh, well. Uh, you're going to get bad things. Uh, so many ways for us to take in God's word. So many ways for us to hear the word of God. Do that knowing as you're hearing the word, have confidence. The Lord says, this will grow my fear of him. I mean, if you think about that, when you hit play and you're, I mean, let's say you're in the, the book of, of Numbers, which is a really boring title for a book, right? And you're, unless you're like a CPA, but then you're in the Hebrew, do you know, do you know the, do you know the Hebrew name for that book? The Jewish name for that book? In the Wilderness, which is so much cooler, right? Why didn't we change it to Numbers? That's boring. Uh, so you're in, the, you're in the book called In the Wilderness. We'll just stick with that. Uh, and you're reading through it and, or you're hearing it. When you hit play to know that the Lord promised that me hearing this is going to grow my fear of him. What a, what a great promise from the Lord. You hear my word, it will grow your fear of the Lord. Why would we not be hitting play on those things all the time? Why would we not take advantage of our ears all the time? Why wouldn't we have it playing when we were mopping or cooking or driving or, or working out or whatever, uh, practicing shooting, whatever we're doing, doing jujitsu, whatever you're doing. Why would you not have the word of God playing all the time if it bears that promise that he says this will grow and protect the fear of the Lord in you? So, so fill yours. Take advantage of yours, Christians. Maybe you're like me, who just didn't use my ears very often, didn't think of them as a tool that, that God had given me to grow my fear of Him. Take advantage of yours. God gave you ears. Use them. Use them. And, and parents, we must fill our homes with the Word of God so that it fills the ears of our children. We must fill the ears of our children for them. Parents, the Bible assumes you are the means of your children hearing the words of the Lord. What does it say? Oh, we just read Deuteronomy. What does it say over and over in Deuteronomy? Teach them to your children. But then it tells us how. How do you do that? And it doesn't say, oh, you do it by, you know, outsourcing this children's education to, to, to train to age-appropriate educators. That's not what it says to do. What does it say? It doesn't say teach them by, by grabbing a really in-depth curriculum and, 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 and figure it. It says just 
filled their ears with God talk. Just talk about God all the time. What does it say? Talk about Him when you're sitting. Talk about Him when you're walking by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. In other words, as parents, you must never let your kids' ears be empty of the echoes of the words of God in your home. Your house must never be a place that is silent of the word of God. Because you are the one that is expected to fill that that space with the things of God. You are the one that is expected that you are talking about these things all the time so that their ears are being exercised even unintentionally by them. They can't help but hear. Because all you do is talk about it. Your job, their job is to listen, parents. Your job is to fill that space. And we fill their their spaces with so much stuff. They hear so many things. So many things. Make sure they're hearing the word of God. And again, it can be as simple as play. Play. And then go about your day. And the word of God is just being read to them over and over and over. A simple thing that can have great results. Let me ask you, do you want your children to grow in their fear of the Lord? How much of the word of God do they hear in the home? How much God talk is there? How much are you filling their ears? That's one of the tools that God is. Are you expecting your kids? Are you, are you, are you giving them a, a halfway handicap? Because the only thing you're wanting them to do is read? You're not taking advantage of the hear? Want your kids to grow in the fear of the Lord? You want you to grow in your, the fear of the Lord? Use your ears. Exercise your ears. Uh, next, fill your eyes with the word of the Lord. We must fill our eyes. Fill your ears, fill your eyes. Read, 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 read. And after you've read, read again. Because again, why? You want to grow your fear of the Lord, then you must be reading the word of God. Now, there is no standard or obligation of how much to read or the frequency of it. But let me give you two principles. To have your own Bible and to have been blessed by God with the ability to read that Bible are blessings that most Christians in the history of humanity have never had. Never had the blessing that you have. It is a blessing that some people have died for. Think about the person that gave up their life so that you might possess a Bible and then imagine them seeing how little you read it. Imagine the embarrassment of seeing them burned at the stake for the thing you shove in the corner. Read your Bible as much as it deserves to be read. Read it as much as you think the Bible is a blessing. If you think your Bible is a blessing and you think the ability to read it is a blessing, a blessing again that has been, that is, is, is throughout time and even today is an anomaly and a miracle and a blessing to you. Read it only as much as you think it's a blessing. How blessed do you think you are to have your Bible? Read it that much. Let that be the standard. I'm not going to tell you read it this much and this amount of time. I'm just going to tell you how blessed you to have your Bible. Read it like it's a blessing. Read it like it's a blessing. The second principle, read it as much as you want your fear of the Lord to grow. So just read it. How much should I read it? Read it as much as you want your fear of the Lord to grow. You, you don't want your fear of the Lord to grow? Don't read it that much. 
But if you want to grow in your fear of the Lord, and if you want the fruit of the fear of the Lord to grow in you, then bury your nose in the text of Scripture. Read, read, read. If there's one thing I learned in seminary, it's this. I read too little Bible. I should have read, 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 read. I would go back and eschew all of my seminary education to take as many hours as I spend in class to just spend in the Word of God. Reading, 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 reading your Bibles. Because there is no greater tool to prepare a minister, no greater tool to grow a Christian than reading. And I can't say no greater tool because we've got other tools. Hear it as well. There is, it is a great tool. There will not be one greater than it. It is a great tool, a great benefit. Read, read, read. You want to grow your fear of the Lord as you should. And as I'm saying that, I'm, and I say, only read as much as you want to fear the Lord. I'm assuming none of you will go, oh, good. I don't want to grow in my fear of the Lord. I'm assuming all of you go, oh, well, I do want to grow in my fear of the Lord. Well, then read, read. These tools are a, a blessed tool. They're going to serve this double purpose for you because they're going to fill your heart. And it will also, it will give, it will give these words that fill your ears and fill your eyes. It'll give you things to talk about to people around you. Many times the reason we don't have anything to say about God to others is simply because we haven't read or we haven't heard anything. You want to be able to talk about God to others? You want to be able to see the fear of the Lord be grown in the people that you love? The people that you now know are precious because they are your neighbors? And you go, what am I going to talk to my neighbor about? If you go, what am I going to talk to my neighbor about? It's probably because you haven't spent a lot of time reading the Word of God. You haven't spent a lot of time hearing the Word of God. Because that will give you a lot to talk about. The fear of the Lord is a great thing. And hearing it and reading it, uh, the word of the Lord will grow that fear, will preserve that fear, uh, and will even be used to grow that fear in others. All right, let's pray uh, and then we'll, we'll be dismissed. Father, Lord, we are, we are gathering here, Lord, in, in, in your name. And, and Father, we are here because we fear you. We're here because we know there is no one like you. We have faith in you. We're amazed by your glory. We're amazed by your holiness. And somehow we are your people. That you, would, that you would send your son to die for us is something that will grow our fear of you even greater. And Lord, as we look at our fear and we want it to grow, you have told us how to grow that fear. You've told us to hear your word. Hear your word and you'll grow that fear. You've told us, read your word. Read your word and you'll grow that fear. So Father, I pray that this week as we've just laid down those two things, there are more things that you're going to tell us as well, but you've just laid down those two things. But those are hefty, hefty things, Father. I pray that this week, God, as we said at the beginning, and we said all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Father, I pray that we were not rash with those words, but that we will see the value in hearing your word and that we'll fill our ears. That we will just take just even a little more time this week, Father. To simply listen. To exercise our ears. And to help others have their ears exercised. For us as parents to be talking to our kids about you. And to know when we're talking to them. And sometimes they might look at us blankly. And sometimes they might look at us uninterested, uninterestedly. And sometimes, Father, they might be really excited. And, they might be, and, and we might want to talk to that kid more because they seem really excited. Or whatever, Father, that we would know as we're filling the home 
And Father, as their ears are taking in your word, that we know that's the seed that you use to grow your fear of you. And as we want our children to have faith in you, as we want their fear of you to grow, and we want those fruits to grow in their life, Father, may we fill our homes so that, so that your word fills their ears. And Father, help us to fill our eyes this week with good things. Our eyes are inundated by so many things in this world, so many things to look at, flashes, things to see here and there, so many things to occupy our eyes. It is because our eyes are such a powerful weapon. It is because in in the seeing and reading of your word that you grow the fear of you and your people. So why would the enemy not distract our eyes? Father, help us to have disciplined eyes. Help us to treasure your word, to see it as the blessing that it is, and to want to fear you as much as we should. Father, so that we'd spend time in your word. Help us, Father, to exercise our ears. Help us to exercise our eyes. And help us, Father, to believe that you say, when we do those things, you will grow our fear of you. We believe you, Father. May our faith be seen in our actions. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.